T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Some days it really does feel like the world is out of control. What's wrong with people, you might be asking? Well, maybe what the world needs is a bit more empathy from all of us. Joining me are the authors of a new book called The Gift of Empathy, Helping Others Feel Valued, Cared For, and Understood. Joel Brusher and Kenneth Hauk are both with Stephen Ministries in St. Louis. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. In the world that we live in today, people are living for these gotcha moments, these opportunities to make people they disagree with upset or unhappy, pointing out mistakes, rage tweeting. So when I saw the title of this book, it was kind of it kind of made me feel peaceful, Joel. And and that's yeah, that's our goal here because the gift of empathy is what you give to that other person that when they're going through str- some kind of a struggle that just to listen and care and and reflect those feelings back is that gift. So in writing this book, Kenneth, is it your hope that maybe a a little groundswell can start? Because obviously we can't make everybody behave better or or have empathy. But I guess if some of us start, that's a good place to be. Yeah, we we would like to think that this book could be part of an empathy movement. And I think an empathy movement needs to start in society. Well, I guess first let's define what empathy really is because – in our current modern society, do we do we really understand what empathy is these days? That's a great question because that's one of the things – because there's a lot of talk about the need for more empathy in the world today. But I think a lot of times people understand what it is on kind of a one level, but then it takes place on a person-to-person level. And the way we define it in the book is we talk – we say empathy – is looking at the world from somebody else's perspective to experience the feelings that they're having and then reflecting back those feelings to them, your understanding of the feelings that they have. So really it's got two components. One is to connect with the feelings and then the other is to express back your care and understanding to the person. And maybe it is not about trying to solve that problem, right? Or talking about yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that's something that came out in our research over the years that we do at Stephen Ministries, that when somebody's going through a really difficult time and express their struggle to someone else, the most likely response they get is a fix-it answer or a story about, oh, when I went through that, this is what I did, or some kind of judgment or all these other responses other than just that empathy. And that's what people most likely need and want most at that time. Do you think that a lot of it, Kenneth, is that we're just not very good listeners right now? We're thinking about what we're going to say. We're thinking about the next thing. I think so. You were talking before about a gotcha moments. 
the negative part of it is, you know, the gotchas to a, give somebody a zinger. But another gotcha moment could be to look for someone who is expressing feelings and then to identify that feeling uh, and communicate that back to the individual. So it can be a positive gotcha moment. Can you give any examples of, in doing your research and talking to people and writing this book, of ways in which people's lives are really impacted by a moment of empathy? Because it's really easy to get frustrated these days with some stranger who's annoying you, but probably a lot more rewarding to have that moment of empathy. Yeah, because we did a lot, you know, we gathered a lot of stories from people about their experiences going of, of receiving empathy or not receiving empathy. And as they're talking, it made me think of one gentleman who lost all his belongings in an apartment fire. And that as friends and family members learned what happened to him, he would hear all kinds of things like, well, at least no one was hurt, or those were only belongings, or you can get new things, and all of these. And he said all of those things were true, but but what really he appreciated most was when his boss saw him after that fire and said, Wow, that must be devastating to see everything you own going up in flames. And he said, that made me feel good because that person understood where I was at. It's that acknowledgement of what you're saying as opposed to telling the person about yeah. some platitude. You uh-huh. know, oh, well, belongings are replaceable. Yeah, Not, I, not I if it's a when, photo album or something. When, when, when someone empathizes with another, the person whom is empathized with just has a warm feeling comes over the individual. So uh, empathy is, is powerful. What, what you could say, one word, one phrase can make somebody's day and even beyond that. We live in a culture where we like to fix things. And I mean, just ask my wife that she'll <laughs> say something and my first impulse is want to say something to fix things. But, you know, with empathy, you've got to discipline yourself and just kind of take that pause and hold back and say, wait a minute, this person doesn't necessarily want to be fixed. They just need to know I'm listening and I care. And then take that moment to express back the feelings to them and acknowledge what they're going through and let them know that you're with them and whatever it is. Is there maybe a checklist of things that we should avoid, um, like empathy busters? Like if you're, if you, if somebody's telling you a problem, these are the things that you should not do. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, and that we cover a lot of that in the book. And I think one of the most common ones is a fix-it response. Platitudes or those cliches, you know, are, you know, it's God's will or everything happens for a reason or those kind of statements. Judgment can get in the way a lot that a lot of times that somebody will express something and, and that we come across with our own judgment. One of the people in another story from our research was a man who shared that he and his wife had adopted when they were young, two children with special needs. And then when those children grew up and were in high school, they were having a lot of behavioral problems. And when this couple would share that with friends and families about their struggles, they'd hear, well, you knew what you were getting into or you should have known that. And they said that what we needed then was just somebody to just listen and care and give us that emotional support, which is empathy. So our judgments can get in the way, too. You know, a lot of it is just trying to see things from the other person's point of view. And that's that sometimes we view things and a lot of that judgment comes when we, you know, we've got tunnel vision and we're looking at it through our own lens instead of seeing it where the other person is. Another story from our research was a 
a, a man shared that he was a foot taller than his wife and that when they'd be walking through crowds at a football game or elsewhere, she'd always be grabbing his arm and squeezing his arm. He said, I even got fingerprints in my arm from her squeezing so tight. And he'd always say, well, why are you so nervous? I mean, why are you so fearful in a crowd? And she said, well, sometimes squat down to my height and see what the crowd looks like to me. And he said he did. He dropped down to her eye level and looked at the crowd and thought, holy cow, this is so different. And he right away understood the fear that she had. And I, it's kind of metaphorical, sure. but it's a great story that we need to try to do that and see things the way other people do. I have a question that's kind of per, a personal question because – in this business, I talk to a lot of people, and we do a lot of stories that sometimes are awful, and I think I'm a pretty empathetic person, so I end up kind of acquiring people and their problems because I want to help and I want to be nice, and then it's overwhelming for me. So how do you avoid that trap of maybe being too empathetic? We have a um, chapter in the book. It's called The Mud Hole, um, and If someone is uh, having a difficult time in life, they're in the mud. Uh, What you don't want to do is over-identify in which we describe as jumping into the mud and trying to help that person. The best way to do it, an an empathetic way to do it, is to jump into the mud with the person but to to keep your hand on a tree root that is at the side of the hole so that anytime you could pull yourself out and take a breather or you hold on to that tree root and – the other hand, hold on to the individual and help that person to pull them out of the uh, out of the mud hole. All right, so I shouldn't get down in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> I need to keep my feet on solid ground. You know, this is a book that that you can learn how to be more empathetic. Because one of the things that we, that we learned as we worked on this book too is that you can learn to be more empathetic. That sometimes it's not this something in your DNA, this mystical power that some people have, others don't, that it's it's a skill that you can learn. And so that book will walk you through that process of learning. If you're very empathetic, you'll learn to be more empathetic. If you're not very empathetic, you'll learn how to be empathetic. Well, it's an excellent message, especially for this time of year. It's the gift of empathy, helping others feel valued, cared for, and understood by Joel Brusher and Kenneth Houck. Thanks so much for coming in and talking about empathy today. Thank you. Thank Wonderful you. to be here. Yeah. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.